Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the 499th episode of Travelers Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and we are in the 12th season of Travelers Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelitch Radio. And tonight, we proudly present Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. Welcome, Gino, to Travelitch Radio. Thank you so much, Dan and Mary Ellen. Really happy, uh, happy to be here. Appreciate the invite tonight, and uh, happy to be here with your listeners. Okay, well, we always like to talk wine and food, and it's wine tonight. Although I love wine, especially Beringer's White Zinfandel, I had never heard of the Wine Institute before I met you at International Media Marketplace at the Javits Center in New York. So please enlighten our listeners. Is the main mission of the Wine Institute to educate the public about the California wine industry? Good question, Dan. Uh, wine Institute is the only U.S. organization to represent California wines at the state, federal, and international level in terms of advocacy on policies that help them grow. But we also have a very, very substantial uh, uh, program and department that is consumer-facing called California Wines that is built to educate consumers on um, sustainability, sustainability practices, innovation, certainly the wines themselves and the, uh, the many wine regions in California. California has an international reputation as a wine producer. Is it a combination of the climate with its long growing season plus proximity to the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, great question, Dan. You know, most, most of your listeners probably know that California's climate is, is pretty, pretty darn uh, excellent for uh, growing grapes and producing wine. Basically, you know, California's wine has been 100 million years in the making with those two tectonic plates that first started merging to form the valleys and the, and the mountains here in California. What some people don't know is those merges created these gaps in the mountains that allowed for the warm valley air uh, to draw in that cool ocean breeze and fog that just created great um, and long uh, ripening seasons and, and just for it made for one of the, the best uh, wine grape growing uh, uh, climates in, in, the, in the world. Now, we often hear about Sonoma and Napa Valley, but aren't there a half dozen different wine-producing regions in California? Yeah, there are. There are there are about a half dozen. There is um, the North Coast, the Far North, Inland Valley, Sierra Foothills, Central Coast, and Southern California. 
So we always like to establish, especially with um, travel audiences, that it's not just about Napa and Sonoma in California for visiting wineries and great wine producers. You can be anywhere up and down the state and get to uh, one of your uh, favorite wine producers. There's a 147, I think it might even be 148 American-designated American viticulture areas in California now, and 49 of our 58 counties in California are wine-producing. So <laughs> there's basically wine everywhere, and there's a reason that we produce uh, 81% of uh, the country's wine production. Mm. Now, this is a timely show for us because Earth Day is coming up on April 22nd, and this is the 12th anniversary of California Wines Down to Earth Month. Can you tell us what that involves? Absolutely. And first of all, I'd like to congratulate you two on uh, your 12th year yourselves with uh, your radio show. Nice. So uh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> all in the same, same boat here. But we are obviously quite proud of the, the sustainability um, efforts that have been made. Um, the innovation that has been created over the last two decades in California. This is sustainability is not new to uh, this industry, and um, California um, Down to Earth Month gives dozens, more than dozens, of wineries the chance to basically show off their sustainability chops with um, tours and particular tastings and pairings and festivals. And it's really a, a month that has grown over time into something that allows consumers to. A couple do a couple things. Get a little more educated because sometimes sustainability stuff can be nuanced, um, mm. and really have a sustainable experience, taste a sustainable wine, and um, and show all their friends and family that um, they're doing the right thing and enjoying a beautiful California wine. Mm. We're talking tonight with Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. Gino, California is a world leader in sustainable wine growing. Exactly what does that mean besides protecting the environment? Yeah, good question, and it's a question that, that a lot of people ask us these days. Sustainable wine growing it certainly can include biodynamic, organic, and, and regenerative farming practices. Um, it's about growing and crafting quality grapes and wines while protecting the environment. But not only protecting the environment, we always talk about the three E's. There's the environment, there's social equity, and there's economic viability. Um, these wineries, to get their certifications, have to um, prove a certain amount of um, processes and things that they're implementing in their, their organizations, whether it's at the environmental level, on you know, being less carbon intense or um, uh, uh, water management systems, um, mm. uh, biochar, uh, regenerative farming, but also keeping their employees um, – or working on the diversity of their employees, making sure their employees have the chance to get out and get paid while they're doing volunteer work in the community. And then also the economic viability piece is, is huge because these wineries have to invest substantial amounts of capital and resource to, to, do some of, to, to implement some of these sustainable practices. And that can be difficult. And they need to produce wines that are affordable. Of course, there's wines at all different cost points coming out of California. But um, to become a highly sustainable and certified winery, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of investment involved, and, and um, there's a dance they need to do to, uh, to produce and, and um, produce a, a wine that's affordable to, um, for, for consumers. Is it true, Gino, that almost 180 different wineries are included in the list of certified California sustainable wineries? And what percentage of California wine does that cover? How many cases? 
That is absolutely true, and it is approximately 80% of the um, 80% of the wine that's getting produced is is uh, certified sustainable. And I actually don't have the case number uh, in front of me. I thought I did, but I don't. Um, I might find that before the interview is over, though, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> How can listeners learn of the various sustainable winery activities, including wine and food tastings, vineyard tours, and Earth Day hikes and events? Excellent. And before I get to that, I did find the cases. It's 255 million cases, so I apologize. Wow. I should have been more prepared for one, Dan. But um, (laughs) for uh, listeners, I'm glad you asked. Your listeners can go to discovercaliforniawines.com. I'll say that one more time, discovercaliforniawines.com. Dot com to get a listing of all the events. They can search by region. They can certainly search by winery. Um, it's all listed there. That w- there will be links to um, get to where you need to go to if you need to buy a passport um, to go to uh, one of the festivals or, or purchase one of the eco hikes or, or tours. Um, it'll all give you exactly what you need to uh, find your location, find your favorite spot, and um, and purchase what you need to buy. Hmm. Now, we also hear, Gino, that the number of certified sustainable wineries in California is growing very rapidly, something like 40% in the last six years. And hasn't the number of certified sustainable vineyards grown at more than three times that rate? Yes, it really has. It's grown by about 118%. Um, And I think that's just a testament to the, the two decades of work that have gone into a lot of these practices. Um, it's not something, like I said earlier, that wineries just started saying, well, we'll go be sustainable and get certified. Um, there was a lot of upfront work that was, was involved, um, and Wine Institute and uh, the California Sustainable uh, Wine Growing Alliance created the certification program back in 2010, and it allowed wineries to go through a pretty rigorous uh, qualification system to get certified, and uh, we're just we're just ecstatic that um, the certifications are increasing so um, exponentially and uh, the consumers are starting to be aware of, of the certification themselves that's on the wine and um, really starting to, to look for it to say that um, they're drinking these wines. We're talking tonight with Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. And now you just mentioned this. Why is sustainable wine important to consumers, and how can they find it? Is there a logo on the bottles in the retail stores or something else? Yeah, well, certainly being buying sustainable wines is important for a growing number of consumers. We've seen that surveyed, and we've seen it anecdotally. But they're, of course, not always sure how to spot them. Um, mm. And so a growing number of bottles in retail stores will reveal this certified California Sustainable logo. It's a little blue circle with a glass of wine and a, and a little bundle of grapes in the bottom, and you'll see it on the back of the labels. Now, I will say many wineries who are certified still don't quite have the logo on them yet, um, but they'll mm-hmm. see it on their website, and you can also go to, again, discovercaliforniawines.com, um, and hit, click the sustainability link, and you can get to a list of every single winery and wine itself that, that's actually certified. Um, and lastly, on that point, if wineries want to talk about what they're doing in the sustainability space, so give the winery a call. They'll be happy to tell you what they're doing and if they're actually certified. And there are some other certifications outside of this one, like organic and some others, um, that, uh, that they can find as well. That's good. You know, you know, speaking of labels, 
I know Jewish listeners had to look for special kosher for Passover labels on wine they purchased for the holiday. Does Manischewitz, for example, have its own winery, and are there other strictly kosher wineries? Yeah, Dan, I, I don't know about Manischewitz, but um, I do know there's a Herzog wine cellars in California that I know brings a lot of the grapes from Lodi um, and brings them down to Oxnard to have them ferment and, um, and, and put into production. Um, and certainly they have their Royal Observant employees uh, do what is absolutely necessary to make sure these are, in fact, kosher wines. I will say that's the extent of my knowledge, and I think that's a great idea for another um, uh, interview for you guys. We might even be able to help get this winery on the, on the radio with you to talk about the things that they're doing and, and the prevalence of kosher wines in California. Nice. Sounds good. There's so much happening in California wine country this month, Gino. Talk about some of the festivals, special events, and wine tastings, please. Thank you. Yeah, again, these um, these events and tastings and, um, are just literally everywhere um, in California. We've got guided hikes and sustainable vineyards with particular wine tastings. We've got Earth Month tours and tastings. Most of those will be on electric buses through the vineyards. Um, passport weekends where you you know you buy a passport for about $25 or so, um, and you get access to 25 to 40 different wineries in, in the region. Uh, we've got Earth Month festivals um, that are that are really featuring sustainable wines. Again, all on the website. Um, we are getting close to halfway through the month. There's still a lot of events left. Um, I, in fact, I think I might be going to one uh, on April 15th this weekend up in Lake County with my wife. <laughs> mm. Let's give listeners some of the upcoming festival dates that remain in April. I know there are a few that actually fall on Earth Day, April 22nd, but I also know the California Wine Festival at Dana Point is scheduled for this weekend, and the OC Spring Wine Fest in Costa Mesa is next weekend, and the Gargagisti, I guess, Wine Festival, and the Stag's Leap District Vineyard to Winter Festival is the final weekend of the month. Boy, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> I have to interrupt, Dan. I had to. I had to look up how to pronounce Garagis before uh, this interview, so I was ready for it if I needed to say it. <laughs> Garagis. <laughs> okay, I, we know it now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay, Mary Ellen. Actually, I'm intrigued by what you said about the electric bus state tours of Ponte Winery in Temecula. I love Temecula, and I understand they're going on all month. So even the transportation is sustainable. Please tell us. Yeah, you'll, I think that's probably one of the most, um, most prevalent things any consumer will see going to these wineries, that the um, carbon intensity is way, way down. They start with their, their vehicles that are moving through the, through the vineyards, not just their, not just their buses taking the, uh, consumers through the vineyard, but their actual production um, equipment itself. Um, so many are going to solar. And, uh, you know, it's really nice if you go to these wineries and you take their tours, especially this time of year, a lot of times their winemaker is out there talking to you. 
Um, it's not mm-hmm. harvest time, so they've got a little time on their hands, um, and they'll be taking you through all the things they're doing to become uh, either carbon neutral or less carbon intense. Sometimes it's even um, producing lightweighted bottles. Um, all sorts of things are going on there, and it's really the, the thing a, a consumer can see the quickest and first. So I think a lot of wineries are, are doing a lot to to, uh, to highlight that, especially with their um, electric buses. Mm. And, in fact, well, well go on. I'm go sorry. on. No, please, go on. <laughs> I, I just was, was going to say that Ponte, um, Ponte Winery in Temecula, we have heard a lot about at Wine Institute in California wines over the past uh, over the past month. They're certainly making some some beautifully profiled wines, and um, their tour is uh, has been. Um, we've had, we've gotten a few comments back from consumers about how good that tour is. Oh, I'll bet. I'm I'm just such a big fan of the the Temecula wineries. So uh, I tell everybody you've got to you've got to try Temecula. It's not just Napa anymore. You know. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I'm glad you said that, Mary Ellen. And, and I, you know, when I, we're at the the event I met Dan at in New York, I was sitting next to the Temecula Visitors Bureau, and uh, their 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 wine community has just been exploding over the last few few years, and uh, they're just doing some great. Things. So I would encourage most people don't associate Temecula with wine. I think that's going to change really soon because of the great things they're doing. So I hope some of your listeners will uh, take that to heart and find their way to a great Temecula and sustainable winery. Oh, absolutely. And they've got a couple of women-owned uh, uh, wineries there, too. So uh, stand up and represent. <laughs> that's right. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Well, we're talking tonight with Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. And, Gino, because April is actually a shoulder month for tourism, you mentioned being avail- having the winemakers available, but are prices lower for hotels, restaurants, and plane tickets? And, yes, you know, absolutely. as you said, you know, there's a better opportunity for to come face-to-face with these winemakers themselves. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, especially with the, getting through the pandemic, people want to want to get out and and visit these these places, which probably doesn't make the prices as low as they might be, but they're definitely <laughs> lower this time of year. And like I said, these um, winemakers um, and uh, winery employees um, are available to talk about the great things going on in their um, in their, their facilities. So it's just a without the harvest. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, a great year for wine production, a great month for sustainability. It's a great time to go to these things, get educated, taste great wine, and be seen doing it and tell all your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Are there special tours and tastings for California wines down to Earth Month? There, there are. There, we, we've talked about the Ponte Winery in Temecula. Um, there is a uh, sustainable tour, a particular sustainable tour and tasting of the vineyard at uh, Captain Vineyards in Moraga. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, at Ponte, I think they're doing a, a specific tasting of a barrel tasting of some young wines and some signature wines. Often, a lot of these wineries will be doing that. These wines that you wouldn't be other, otherwise able to taste um, on any other month. Um, so that's a really, really positive thing for, for your listeners and travelers. There's also a tour of cake bread sellers in Napa Valley, which is uh-huh. one of our most recent green metal winners for um, the business component that I talked earlier about in sustainability. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, there's an eco tour and, and a specific tasting experience at um, Honig Vineyard and Winery in Napa. Honig is doing a lot of things in sustainability space. In fact, they're doing 
one of my favorite initiatives, um, uh, which is the, the, their quote going topless, which uh, yeah. means they're, they're not doing, they're not putting the the tin. People think it's aluminum foil, but they're tin uh, caps on top of the wine because those are um, uh, they can be a little wasteful. So uh, that's a, kind of an interesting initiative they're taking on among many other really really substantial ones. So Honig's a, a good one to to um, to get to, and it actually. I like to call Honig a great Instagrammable place to be. Um, just a great, great, great spot to take up, take pictures, and uh, tell your family and friends you've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, as a baseball fan, I'm aware that the late great Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Seaver had his own winery. Are other celebrities also involved in the California wine industry? Yes, uh, and I'm a baseball fan too, so I really appreciate that question, um, Dan. If you remember Chris Iannetta and Vernon Wells. Um, I remember them with the Angels, but I think they were with oh, yeah. a bunch of teams. There was a, you know, Iannetta was a catcher, and Vernon Wells was a center fielder. They both have started a um, uh, a winery called Jack Wines, and I think they partnered with uh, po- a popular winemaker in Napa, Grant Long. So that was kind of interesting. And, and of course, we all know about Francis Ford Coppola and his, his vineyard and winery, and John Lasseter, and um, and also John Legend partnered with, um, with Raymond, uh, owned by um, Jean-Charles Bosset. Uh, partnered with him to form a LVE uh, wine collection, which is getting uh, getting some momentum as well. So lots of celebrity around wine, and um, uh, lots of they're all making some, some really substantial wines. And of course, we've all heard about Dwayne Wade um, uh, creating his wines these days too. Okay, we'd like to hear about Passport Weekends, where visitors can sample the wares of multiple wineries in one stop. Yeah, these are some of my favorite. Um, and I might get up to El Dorado um, uh, coming up on the 22nd, 23rd. Basically, you're gonna, like I said earlier, you're gonna, you're gonna pay about 25 to 40 dollars uh, for a weekend passport. You can visit, uh, depending on the, the region, location, you can visit 20 to 40 different uh, wineries of your choice, free. Um, there's a great one up in El Dorado Passport, or excuse me, in El Dorado. that's called Passport to the Great Out There. Um, there's a uh, wines of the Santa Cruz Mountains on April 30th, uh, mm-hmm. and they have a big grand tasting with all their wineries there. There's a spring wine weekend in Calaveras Wine Country. Um, just uh, some really, really, uh, really great discounts. And you know, a lot of times, a lot of your listeners will want to get to a region and and uh, try a bunch of different wines, and this is a great way to do it at a at a really inexpensive um, inexpensive cost. You're listening to Travel Witch Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. Check us out on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, or the Travel Itch Radio Facebook page. And our guest tonight is Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. Gino, if California is the fourth largest wine-producing region in the world, what are the top three? And is it also fair to say that California ranks first in sustainability? with the most comprehensive and widely adopted sustainability cert- certification programs? Yeah, we um, we are, as the fourth largest, and of course when people start talking about the, the largest uh, wine-producing regions, they're usually talking about countries. And number one is Italy, number two is Spain, oh. number three is France, and then U.S. behind that, which California accounts for 81% of um, U.S. wine production. So it's safe to say that we are the fourth largest, and it's, definitely safe to say that we are um, the most stringent um, in terms of sustainability and our certifications. Um, there's no doubt that uh, we aren't leading the world 
in that category, and that's what Down to Earth Month is all about, making sure people know that these wineries are putting a lot of investment and hard work um, into, uh, into their sustainability and creating big, bold, beautiful wines um, at uh, most of the time at a very affordable cost. So um, that is what Down to Earth Month is about, and um, we are really excited. Does the Wine Institute provide the certification, or is that a state-run program? Well, it's, um, it's provided by the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, which is associated with Wine Institute, um, and they provide the certificate. But the applicant must go through a rigorous, uh, very rigorous qualification program conducted by a, a third-party independent auditor. I think there's about... I don't know, 70 or so different factors that they can apply for, apply to or qualify for, um, and they'll, then they'll go through the, um, the, the rigorous process with the, the, the auditor. But to answer your question, it's, it's actually um, provided by uh, the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, which mm-hmm. is associated with Wine Institute. Is there anything we haven't asked that you'd like to add? Oh, gosh, you guys have covered a lot of ground. I will say, you know, congratulations in the sustainability umbrella, we always um, announce our Green Medal Award winners, and we've had 36 over the last about 10 years, and we just announced our four most recent ones. One of them I mentioned earlier, which was Cake Bread. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, they won the Community Award under Green Medal. I think I had that wrong earlier. Then we had Niner in the Central Coast in, in uh, Paso Robles. We had Treasury in Napa and Tablas Creek in Paso. And uh, those are some some of the real feature wineries who are doing great things in the sustainability space. And congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say one more thing: they, those most of those wineries are putting on events during Down Earth Month as well. Okay, I've got two quick questions before we go into our close. What about some of the awards that have been won out there in wine country? I'm sure there are many of them. And also, how about some of the most unusual wineries people can look for? <laughs> Uh, well, the awards one I just mentioned, unfortunately, I beat you to it, but the, the, the four most recent Green Medal uh, awardees were Cake Bread, Tablas Creek, Treasury, and, and Niner. Um, yes. And uh, I would encourage your listeners to check out the press release on, on, on our website and, and uh, see some of the things that they've, they've done to, to, um, to win those awards. Um, and, boy, uh, you know, we we've got so many wineries. I will say at the convention I was at with you, Dan, you know, we really – saw that experiences are important, and I think wineries are, are understanding that they're important. So wineries are just, it's not about just tasting anymore. I mean, they need to show off their sustainability. They need to put on, a lot of times they're putting on, you know, health and wellness programs like yoga programs. Um, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, uh, sheep shearing events. Um, and it's just, it's just fascinating some of the things they're doing. Uh, and, of course, the, a lot of the wineries are putting together some pretty famous chefs for um, pairing particular food with, um, with specific wines, which are really getting quite popular. Um, so th- you can find random everywhere you look in uh, California wine country, and you can find great wine at, uh, at, at where you look in California wine country. Okay. How do Travel with Radio listeners learn more about the Wine Institute? I know you mentioned the website earlier. Yes, uh, we, we, our website is wineinstitute.org, which is, the, um, is basically the organization that, like I said, is the U.S. org that covers um, state, federal, and international policy advocacy, and that's at wineinstitute.org. But for Down to Earth, it's discovercaliforniawines.com. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds good. Our guest tonight has been Gino DeCaro of the Wine Institute. Thank you for being our guest on Travel It's Radio. Thank you, Dan and Mary Ellen. Really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Okay, now that the baseball season has started, there's nothing better for off days or rain delays than a good baseball book. Like my latest, Baseball's Memorable Misses, an unabashed look at baseball's craziest zeros. The funniest and most unusual baseball book of the year, it's an illustrated and entertaining paperback, $14.99 at your bookstore and even less from Amazon.com. Sandy Koufax is on the cover, a California kid. Such a deal. Get it tonight. <laughs> and that's it for this edition of Travel It's Radio. Next week, same time, same station, we'll have our hour-long 500th anniversary special featuring sports travel and tours, the Mount Washington Cogwheel Railway, a slice of Brooklyn bus tours, and the Phoenician, a luxurious Arizona resort. Don't miss it. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.